Welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name is Salman Ali from North London Cricket Club and this evening I'm joined by two uh, very interesting and uh, good guests in Christian Martin from Eden Cricket Club. Good evening, Christian. Hi, Sal. How are you? Very well, thank you. And taking Dan Hoff's place, who's absent this week, is another Twickenham member and our producer, and that's Eugene Berger. Good evening, Eugene. Hi, Sal. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. So, Christian, I thought I'd start with yourself. Um, I just want to sort of a bit of background in where you sort of, um, sort of, uh, sort of first started playing cricket and how you ended up at Ealing. I know you've been there for seven seasons now, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, yeah, seven years. Joined, joined in 2013. Um, so, yeah, so just give us an insight on your sort of background and how you came to playing at Ealing Cricket Club. So, I started playing cricket in Hertfordshire for a club called um, Langleybury, which is. Uh, Known known for a couple of reasons. One, it's where Stephen Finn grew up um, yeah. before he made his way to Middlesex. And secondly, that our overseas back in two thousand and five, a guy called Shazad Malik once scored four hundred and three in one game in a cup competition against Middlesex Camels. Um, so that's that's how I kind of started. <laughs> it's started. quite a feat. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was off one hundred and thirty-seven balls, and it was just carnage. Wow. Did uh, um, did you guys win it? Christian, is that uh, we uh, did, a foregone? We, we did win the game, yeah. We got 570 with the uh, guy at the other end carried his bat the whole way through for 110 not out and probably had the best view in the house. Wow, wow. And the, uh, that is quite a feat, yeah. He didn't even open the batting and he was out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I started there. I joined um, under-11s. I joined just my local club down the road from, from where I live in Kings Angley. Um, and then was playing there and kind of went through the age group, started playing started playing adult cricket and got into the um, Hertfordshire setup, which is where I met Chris Peplow, who was um, the spin coach for my uh, Hertfordshire junior team um, and started working for him with him for a few years. Um, and then Langleybury got relegated. I was playing um, in the back when the home counties were with Hertfordshire. Um, there was a Div 2 East and a Div 2 West um, that fed into the, the Premier League and Langley got relegated out of that. And at 18, okay. I, I was looking to kind of further my cricket, wanted to, wanted to try and try and play some, some pro stuff. And, um, and, and Pep said that uh, Sammy Patel had just hung up, his, hung up his boots kind of thing and they needed a spinner and, uh, and went from there. Fantastic. So, I mean, when... When when you joined, obviously you, you must have known the traditions of the club and sort of being you know Premier League champions, fantastic cup sort of tradition as well. And obviously you took over as captain. Was it three seasons back now? Was it? Yeah, three. I've done three years. Yeah. I mean, f- first of all, what what made you want to become the captain? But secondly, you know, was being a good cup side something that you wanted to sort of carry on? You know, continuing as a, as a captain as well. Absolutely. Um, I I think. I, I didn't really have any designs on the captaincy, to be honest. Um, Hugh Jones did it before me, and he stepped down, and and there wasn't there wasn't really a, a natural kind of progression. Um, we obviously went from from Luke Stoughton to to David Holt to, to Chris Peplow, and it was kind of you could always see a natural successor. Um, and there wasn't there wasn't really one, so I, I kind of stuck my hand up along with a couple of other guys, and we we had a we all had to do speeches and kind of sell ourselves to the players about about kind of why we wanted to be captain and so on and so forth. And, and yeah, um, they chose me, rightly or wrongly. 
<laughs> well, um, in, in your first season, you guys won the league, right? So you'd, you'd like to think that uh, <laughs> yeah. your captaincy had something to do with it. <laughs> I'm sure it might have had a, a small part of it, but no, we. Um, it was a good year actually that 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 year, and um, it was it was kind of the perfect start. But of of course, the, the cup competitions is, as you know, Ealing has a, a real rich history in in doing well in the cups and 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 really trying to give them a good go. And and we actually we. Over the last since we won the the T twenty in twenty fifteen, we actually haven't we haven't done too much in them, um, and that was kind of one of the big things in my in my captaincy that I was a little bit gutted about that we actually hadn't um, given them a good run. Uh, we we'd lost early rounds in the Middlesex Cup, and we hadn't we hadn't really made it out of the group in either the Nationals or the T twenty. So that was kind of a big, wow. a big focal point, and still is. As it was your season, obviously, with your national run and obviously winning the League Cup this Absolutely, year. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, it worked out very nicely. Brilliant. Before I move on to actually the Cup competition, I just want to bring Eugene in here and ask Eugene, obviously you played a lot of Premier Division cricket and obviously played against Ealing. What's it, I mean, what's it like to play against Ealing from a, from your own perspective? Uh, it's it's fantastic, if I can say that. Um, you know, it's always nice to, to get... To, to go and play against, um, you know, a decent bunch of blokes, uh, especially when they have a fantastic ground like uh, Corfton Road. You know, their uh, pavilion is something that that everybody speaks about. Um, obviously, they're also, uh, they happen to be a nice bunch of guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you play against them, it's always a tough um, on-field affair. There's always, you know, um, there's good, always good hard cricket that are played against them. And then when you get off the field, there's, there's always a cold pint waiting for you from them. So, yeah, I'd like to say that um, they're one of the nicer clubs that I've played against. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, Christian, so obviously we went to the National now. I mean, fantastic run. Obviously, you lost to a very good side in, in sports and semi-final. In, in, in your lead-up to the, your, your matches, what's your kind of preparation that you do in sort of maybe knowing about the other teams or working out sort of, sort of game plans you might sort of have in place? I'll be honest, we try to keep it pretty simple um, and just, just treat all the games as as the same really it's it's obviously it's obviously not that that easy at times we turn up to these games and and we had we only had one one big game home this year but against Weybridge and there's a lot more people there and there's there's always a bit of buzz and 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 especially on the Saturday before the Sunday you you kind of got one eye on the next day but in terms of the lead up just just kind of we we do a bit of a research and see if we know anything about the other team and and guys that might know them through minor counties cricket or or kind of whatever um but Really, we just try and turn up and, and, and do our do the same thing that we would do on a Saturday. One of the questions I have is how do you, you know, get commitment from the guys to both play on a Saturday and a Sunday? I mean, we've spoken to a couple of the other sides on, on, on the Middlesex um, County Cricket League podcast and there's always a question as to, you know, that commitment that the guys need to make. You know, most guys have got families now and kids, et cetera, et cetera. How do you get the commitment from the guys to play two days? Uh, it's very hard. <laughs> um, I think we're, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very lucky that obviously – Ealing's always had a strong t- tradition of, of cup competitions and, and it's just kind of ingrained at the club um, that when the national comes around, you, you're you going to be available and, and that, that specific Sunday um, you're going to play. I, I think uh, not to the kind of the, the detriment of the Middlesex Cup, but I, I mean, we obviously prioritise competitions and some guys may not be available for, for certain ones, but I, especially with the national, we... Uh, we're very lucky. I tend to get exactly the same side out on a on a Sunday as I do a Saturday. Yeah, that's always good. That that's good to hear. It's great. I mean, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? I suppose in terms of your 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 opportunity to actually win those competitions, having oh, good I, sides I, out, I, I imagine I, so. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think we we just we wouldn't have a chance if we didn't 
we didn't get the our, our, our fully our strongest side out to be honest and um yeah i mean you look at the other sides we played henley in a in a round and they they miss a lot of their players to minor counties cricket and actually it it, it can be a shame with the national that some of these these good sides in other leagues don't get or even in our own league who don't kind of take it as seriously or give it give it a good go we're going to move on to um semi-final yep. against Waterston and it might be somebody obviously you know you're still probably in your thoughts I imagine um going so close to getting to the final I mean on, on the day itself it was a fantastic game I sort of caught some of the highlights on on pitch vision um and you know sort of to and throwed from you know one to another what was your sort of initial sort of you know pre-match sort of thinking going into the game um we always knew it was going to be tough um we played them a few times in 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 the national over the last few years. And I think, I think the last time we played them back was in 2015 and we lost at home. Um, but it was, we knew it was going to be tough going to their place that I don't, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a very, we didn't know anything. It was a very weird shaped ground, um, kind of very small in some areas, big in one area. Um, so it, it was, it was, a t- it was always going to be tough. Um, and they were obviously a good side, but it, it was the, the build up was kind of, Slightly unsettled with the fact that we we lost Robbie White, who who Middlesex had said, "Yep, he's able to play, be great." And then he got hit on the head um, by Keith Barker in a twos game on the Thursday, um, and we lost him to concussion, which was obviously a a big loss. Um, but we were still we were still pretty confident, and um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough loss in the end. I suppose the only one saving grace there is is that you guys did. Um... You 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 eventually lost to the winners. Um, I suppose does that make you feel any better or any worse than knowing that you know if you did get to the final you could have you could have won? It's it's one of those right. It's 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 a bit of both. Um, you look back at it and go, they're a good side. They also won the T Twenty, um, the national T Twenty that year as well. Um, so they're, they're they're a very good side. Yeah. Um, but it, it, there's that kind of that niggling thought that we were so close. I still think we should have won the game. Um, and, and needing sixty off the last ten, um, we I, I we were in the driving seat, and unfortunately it just wasn't to be. And, and we I think we 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 lost something like six for twenty or, or something in the end, as we were just ended up chasing the game. But I mean, they're a very good side, and they they were an experienced side as well. I think one of the the, the main takeaways that 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 I took out of it, especially, um, was we have a very young side and a and a and an inexperienced side. Um, who haven't played in a lot of big national games. There was from the from the team that played in the 2013 final. It was only myself, Ollie, and Milo uh, in that side. So we'll we'll learn a lot from it. But it, it was tough to take, and then to go watch them go to Lords and 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 win the way they did. Um, yeah, kind of makes you feel like it. if we did beat them, we probably yeah, would have quite convincing they won, didn't they? In the, in the final, from what I, what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I'm also. The, the extra bonus of playing back at Lords again in terms of the final, whereas in the past it's been held at sort of county grounds, isn't it? Like Derbyshire, etc. So that must have seen a bit yeah. more. Oh you no, know, disappointing. It, 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 it's fantastic competition. Um, just to, to say, I, I think, I mean, I know the ECB have tried to to kind of breathe a bit of life back into it, um, and that's that's fantastic. That's kind of all we could all we could think about right was was getting to lords and and representing representing your club at lords um i've been lucky enough to play there for the mcc but i just i wanted to walk out representing ealing at lords and and as did the rest of our players and it was it it, it made it 
it made it a lot tougher to kind of take when you you felt you got that close, right? Definitely. Well, I've never been that close ever. So you know, obviously for yourselves, it was tough. I mean, is it, is it plans exceed for the final to be played at Lords again? Is it? Do you know if that's a uh, on the I agenda? Think it is. Yeah. I, I, I think they're trying to to keep it there um, from now on, which will be great. Yeah, one of the things that um, obviously brought um, you know cricket to life for Elian, and specifically on that game, I know that you guys were having a couple of broadband issues when you went down to to play that semi final. But you know, I, I was going to get your guys' opinion of using pitch vision and what it's done one for for the game of you know of cricket, but more importantly, what that's done for Elian. I mean, obviously Neil's at the club, and you know he he sort of runs it. But obviously, I'm interested in your thoughts on the technology and how that's changing the way we actually play, if at all. You know, I, it might be just as normal. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think as a, as an amateur player to be able to go back and within moments of getting out or taking a wicket or whatever to go back and watch it is 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 awesome. Um, but but we're also very lucky that we're 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 a very well supported club. We're, we're followed two games, but also people that that can't get to games have been logging on. We've had people all over the world watching us play, and I think the kind of how how pitch vision enables and and other platforms, I probably should say. Um, Yep. <laughs> enables um people from all over the world to, to kind of watch their club. We have we had past players in, in Australia watching us and it's fantastic. Absolutely. Do you guys use it for training in any way? I know I know pitch vision can be used for both, you know, obviously live streaming, but it's also a training aid. And I was interested to see if you guys I mean Twickenham's got one too and obviously we use it for probably the same reason as you is that we want trying to expand you know our viewership and get as many people watching and as you as you rightfully say to watch those uh those shots uh, and reminisce about them for for years to come instead of it just being in the memory it's now etched into you know the digital format of the internet so but do you guys use it for for training or was it just a, a an on-field uh, during match no, days i think there's a there's a lot of to be said of kind of watching yourself back and trying to trying to figure out what's going wrong and being able to tra- change that in training unfortunately i don't tend to watch many shots i just watch watch my uh middle stump kind of being uprooted <laughs> while that's happening um, but yeah, you know, it's a it's a great platform to be able to watch that back and and kind of have that real time feedback of, of of seeing yourself batting or, or bowling and kind of figuring out where things are going wrong. All right, fantastic. I mean, just moving away from from the national in pitch really now, we're talking about the league cup itself. So obviously, you know, runners up in the, or actually was it third in the end in the league in the Premier League on, on points? Yeah, was it had a, technical? Yeah, yeah, on technicalities, I imagine we had a bit yeah. of a hangover. Yeah, the final day after the the week after the national. Um, and, and lost actually. Yeah. We saw that. Um, I mean, obviously, so the League Cup was your your sort of main chance for silver. Yes. Yeah? So how much more added importance did you add to that when it came to the sort of finals and semi-finals of that of that competition? I mean, I, I've tried to add importance to that over the last last couple of years. I think we actually, as a club, haven't done particularly well in the Middlesex Cup for the last seven or eight years, and and. It, it probably slightly because it gets overshadowed with with the the, the big national competitions, but I, I've I've been really trying to put an emphasis that we should be we we want to be challenging, we want to be winning silver, and especially like like this year when you don't you don't win anything else and and you you're not winning the league or the national that actually having something at the end of the season to, to kind of to have is is great. So no, we put a real emphasis on it. Fantastic, and I mean. Final itself, Teddington. It was, it was quite sort of comfortable in the end by by looking at the scorecard and the highlights. It it was. Um, again, we were very lucky that we turned up with our our pretty much our full strength side, um, and we were we were very good from the off. Mungo bowled a superb opening spell that kind of 
set the tone for us and to bowl them out for 130, I think it was. And, and we knocked it off in 17 overs with with Ollie kind of doing what Ollie does and got 76 off about 40 balls. Brilliant. Something we've been speaking about previous podcasts is, is talking about, I mean, there's, there's sort of two sort of two versions of this. One is actually within our league itself and one outside the league, and it's a, a playoff system. Um, my, my initial idea was uh, having the, the winners of our league, for instance, playing against maybe Essex, Kent, Surrey's champions in like a... Um, Two semi-finals and the final was spread over sort of two weekends. I mean, is that something you you'd be in favour of, where your players maybe sort of you know keen to get involved in if that happens? Uh, personally, I I actually I wouldn't be. Um, I I think in in terms of deciding who wins the league, I, I think that should just be on a league basis and and it's the best team over the course of eighteen kind of weekends rather than you could turn up in September and and at the end of the season and kind of lose the league from there. Um, I don't think maybe not a bad idea. The winners of each league going and playing playing other local leagues, but I, I think for, from from my point of view, we we kind of view the, the cup competitions for that sort of opportunity, um, mm. and okay. the league the league should stay as, as the league, and you have the cups to kind of go and beat teams in other areas and, and so on and so forth. Okay, interesting. I mean, I, I think something else that's been discussed was obviously, and you mentioned it yourself earlier on, was regarding the minor counties and. You know, sort of the clubs who lose players to mining counties are weakened in in the Sunday format. So this could be maybe one way of actually then playing the strongest sides on a Saturday. I mean, it's just it's just a thought. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think it's it's sort of something that, that kind of I'd like to hear some more opinions about it, really. But I, I think in terms of the minor counties, I, I think that the the ECB are trying to to kind of switch the national fixtures up with. The minor counties, which because they, I, I don't know if you know that, but they're reducing the number of teams in the competition now. Oh, oh, is it four? Is it sort of four per Premier League now? Is, it, is that correct? Something or? like that, yeah. And I think it's based on performance of each Premier League. Certain teams, I, I think, in Middlesex, we have eight, but don't hold. Okay. Um, so I wonder whether actually trying to change that competition and moving it away from minor counties might might kind of help that, but I. I I don't, I don't know. I wonder what the appetite would be for for people kind of coming back at the end of the the season to play more cricket. Um, yeah. I know it flashes by, but especially myself, by the end of it, I'm pretty, pretty looking forward to a bit of a break. Yeah, I'm sure to understand it. Eugene, I'm going to ask you, what's the sort of, sort of structure of club cricket in South Africa? I know it's been a while since you played, but I mean, how, how does it work? Yeah, over I mean, there? last time I played club cricket in South Africa, I think was around 2002, 2003, so a fair few years ago, but. Um, yeah, obviously visiting friends back at home when I um, when I go and visit them, it sounds like it's pretty similar. Um, you know, there's still the the league, which obviously is very similar to this. Um, it's it's if from memory, it's also fifty um, fifty, so fifty time based and fifty uh, over based. They've also got from uh, in some of the leagues um, two day games. So you know, I think that's similar to the Australian leagues that they have. So they'll play a game on a on a, a Sunday and a, sorry a Saturday and a Sunday. So. You know, there's a couple of different leagues. There. I suppose one of the big changes that I found when I came to the UK after playing in South Africa was the training regimes that um, that, that people have here. And you know, this might be this might be different at Ealing, but most of the clubs that I've played at, there's generally only one training session a week. Um, and you know, I was used to training sort of every Tuesday, every Thursday. In actual fact, we get down on a Friday evening too for a bit of a run around, make sure that you're warm and ready for. You know, well, not warm and ready, but you're 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 alert and, and making sure that you're ready for the weekend's game. So, 
that was the one thing that I found is is quite different from playing club cricket in South Africa to here. Um, I don't know what the what, what's Elin's training regime like, Christian. Is that uh, once a week? Do you guys train more than once? How does how does that work? We so ones and twos train on a Thursday, um, Thursday night, and then on a Tuesday is kind of the the threes, fours, and fives. Um, I, it's very hard. I, I think you obviously have being in London. I'm sure it's the same for lots of lots of lots of people have kind of careers and it's 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 difficult um actually there'll be there'll be some weeks where some guys won't train um but i i think it's very hard in kind of being around london with with kind of the jobs and things that people do to actually get somewhere for six o'clock on a weekday evening can be pretty tough i was gonna say yeah i mean most clubs have exactly that same issue you know it's um it's it's something that we just got to get to grips with and understand um it does make me wonder what the other sides up north do, um, and like I say, the more the more often we do this podcast, the more we'll find out. So yeah, it's uh, it's a good it's a good uh, summary. This in an ideal world, we'd have we'd have a a great training session with twenty guys out every week, but I just it's just not possible, right? I, I think over the course of the season, if guys can make training more often than not, and and when they're there, make it make it kind of worthwhile, then I think that's probably in, in this sort of day and age the best we can hope for, right? Especially when you're asking them to give up so much of their time on especially for us Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, Christian, what, I mean, obviously it's interesting to know what, what is the week of a Premier Division captain consist of from, from when the game finished on a Saturday to maybe the following Friday, you know, involved lots of WhatsApp messages, emails, you know, meetings with players or committee members. How, how is it for you? Well, it's, it's, it's always a beer straight after. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, of you, know, you, kind of, you, you don't stop really. Um, you just move on to the next one. I, I think the, the kind of the eighteen-week season flashes by because you just you're on the go all the time, um, and you, you go from one Saturday to, to maybe a Sunday fixture, and then as soon as the Sunday fixture's over, you're, you're doing your umpires your umpires report from the Saturday game, and then you're trying to get your side together for the following week. Yeah, so how many sort of conversations would you have during the week? You know, with players or you know members of the club in terms of what's happening for the following weekend is it, is it quite full on it is yeah I, I mean we'll we have a selection committee that, that kind of meets on a Thursday after training and, and that's where the um, the kinds of sides are announced after that but before that I'm, I'm normally pretty set on, on what my side's going to be or, or, or pretty close to it and that just involves conversations with director of cricket vice captain sort of players where they're at anything so on and so forth so yeah it is it is pretty full on it is an interesting one when you say that, though, because um, most people want to know where they play and come Tuesday so that they can make plans for the weekend in terms of travel. Have you guys had any issues with that or, uh, or, or, or are you pretty flexible? We, actually moved, we moved our selection from a Tuesday to a Thursday purely because we'd, we'd do it on a Tuesday and then everything would change come Thursday, Friday. That's a good people point, People would yeah. drop out or or... or Robbie White, we wouldn't know if he was going to be available. Or, or back in back when I started, we had Robbie, Arthur, and Harry Podmore. Um, mm. So it was it was just it, it was too complicated to to kind of pick a side on a Tuesday and and not sort of know whether that was actually going to be what the side was going to be on a Saturday. So we kind of made the decision that that teams would be announced after training on a Thursday. But um, I don't think there's an ideal way of, way of doing it, right? I think whichever kind of whether you do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's always going to be people that would rather know earlier or, or things will change. Yeah, I'm sure every club's got their own sort of system of operating selection, you know, and, and as you said, it will constantly change, I imagine, 
over the years. I mean, obviously, we've, we've spoken quite a lot about this season, not giving too much away. Um, what does 2020 hold for Ealing and yourself? Well, I think that the biggest thing 2020 holds is our 150th year. So oh, we've, got, we've got a fantastic year of kind of events and celebrations um, lined up, which has all been kind of overseen by John Poor, our, our president, um, um, which is, looks fantastic. It actually kicks off with a, um, a dinner in the long room at Lord's in March, um, which will be amazing. Um, so for, firstly, for the club as a whole, it's going to be a really special year. Um, but in terms of kind of us from a from a first team point of view, hopefully, hopefully back winning the league and and um, and going well in the cup competitions again. I think it's kind of that that is what it what the sort of benchmark is Ealing, right? Is to just try and compete every year and 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 hope we will. I think we're we're shaping up quite nicely at this minute. So yeah, we'll brilliant. In terms of recruitment, I mean, maybe an overseas play or players from other clubs. When does that sort of, you know, sort of kick into place at, at your club? Straight away, as soon as this, pretty much as soon as the season finishes. Um, so for for us, we will kind of figure out if if the overseas guys from the year before are going to come back or not, um, and kind of start working with that. But yeah, I, I don't think that ever. It doesn't. You don't really get much of a break because you, you're constantly on on it again. Um, but recruiting is difficult, especially in our league, because there's so many leagues around in in such a kind of small area. But also, you've got you've got leagues around that people get paid to go play, so it's it can be tough. Yeah, totally agree with that. I suppose one thing a little bit away from cricket, Christian. How did um, your bonfire night or Guy Fox night go? Um, I know that you guys obviously always uh, have an annual thing where you put it on and you put on a good do at your club. Um, just a, a little bit of a summary as to how that went this year. It was wet. <laughs> um, it was very wet. I think a lot of credit goes to the guys that organised it that we actually got one on, to be honest, um, because the the ground was awful. So we, we in in kind of it was all right. I think we we can be fairly happy that we got one on and we got we probably got around three thousand people rather than six thousand people there as normal. But I think to be perfectly honest, anybody that wants to go and stand and watch fireworks in the rain and and in kind of a field of mud is crazy. So, perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was a wet night. Unfortunately, can't forecast the weather. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> we kind of were in the luck of the gods with that. But it was still a fantastic evening. It was, it was, it was put on as well as ever. Um, just a shame the weather kind of dampened it a little bit. Christian, we're going to move on to our favourite part of our podcast, and it's our quick fire questions round. So we're going to we're going to give you ten sort of questions with a you know, sort of two answers. You choose one that you'd like okay. to favour the most. Um, we're going to start off with, uh, you're just going to start off first. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. first. I'll go first mate? today. So I suppose this is, a, this is one that's close to my heart, Christian. Um, what do you prefer, pink or red ball? Oh. Red ball, but the format of the pink bucket. Mm. I, I would much rather <laughs> be playing with white balls. I don't like the pink balls. Um, so I'll say red ball. Yeah, you're not the first person that said the pink balls are no good. <laughs> so, so, what would you rather, TMS or Sky Sports Cricket Team? Sky Sports Cricket Team. Very good, very good. On to a couple of personnel. Would you rather have a conversation with Graham Swan or Phil Tufnell? Oh, it's got to be Tuffers. Fair enough. Now, I know you're on social media. 
uh, of the two? Do you favour Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. Got to like the pictures, yeah. Um, obviously, after stalking your Twitter and Instagram feed today, um, would you rather have Watford winning the Premier League or Ealing winning the National? Oh, Ealing winning the National. I can't see Watford ever winning the Premier League. <laughs> Especially not on the way we've been playing this year. Very good point. Okay, so... So, um, this is a chance to be a hero in a game. Would you rather be a hero by either hitting a six off the last ball or taking a hat-trick to win the game? Hitting a six, because I just never do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never taken a hat-trick either, but hitting a six for sure. Okay, good, good. Obviously, with the festivities that have just passed this weekend, um, Cheltenham Festival or Test Match at Lords? Cheltenham Festival. Good answer. <laughs> Top man. Okay, what would you rather drink? A pint of lager or a pint of bitter? Lager. Cool, cool. On a Saturday, which is better? Ealing lunch or Ealing tea? Ealing lunch. You can't beat the barbecue. Just sample. That's very good. Very it's good very on a Sunday. Can't, I've been can't there. beat the barbecue. Okay, so we know that you're a bit of a comedy fan from what I've been told by a couple of your players. Um, but oh. also you've got some comedians in your change rooms as well. So who do you, who's your favourite comedian? Would it be Chris Glasper or Lee Evans? Chris Glasper. Oh, it'd be tough to hear that, I'm sure. If, if anyone's got him on social media, he has a, a fantastic video of him dancing in the change room, pops up probably twice a year, which is hilarious. <laughs> Cool. I got one more. I got we'll one have more. to try and track that one down. Yeah, I got one more for you, Christian. Um, obviously, with the aspirations for next year, if you had the choice between, uh, obviously, I would imagine the answer is going to be both here. Yeah, but if you had the choice of Ealing winning the national or winning the winning the MCCL, which one would you prefer? I have to be the national. We <laughs> we've got so close so many times and never quite done it. So obviously, the answer is both. But if I could, if I could only have one. It would, it would definitely be the national. Yeah, exactly. I thought so. Cool, cool. Fantastic. So we're, we're going to wrap things up, Christian, pretty soon. But I just want to mention, obviously, next week is the AGM. Would you be attending that yourself? Or I'll be there, yeah. Some, yeah, you're going to be there. Is there anything on note that you think is happening that might be interesting for us to know about or might be well, voted I, upon? I mean, from a from a club's perspective, we've we've put forward three proposals. So I'll, okay. be, I'll be there explaining those and kind of hoping they get passed. Um and, uh, I can go into a bit of detail if you want. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we've got a bit of time left, I think. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So yeah, I think yeah. we, the first one, which is probably the the biggest change, um, is a change to the point structure to, to kind of um, help with the abandoned games. I think the kind of the, the one-point rule for an abandoned game at the minute is just wrong with the fact that you can get two points for losing a game. doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, so we've proposed to move towards average points, um, which basically means that when your game gets rained off, you do not get any points. Um, and it's just the, the points table is worked out based on the number of completed games. So you, you, you are kind of on your position based on your points per completed game. Um, I actually spoke to Tom Morton, who they run this, um, they have this down in, um, in the Southern League, and he says it's fantastic and it and it works and it's it's probably the fairest way that he's seen. So we've proposed that. Um, we've proposed allowing 
um, first class overseas for a couple of reasons, really. Um, a, because in the national, you're now allowed on overseas. Um, so it kind of puts us at a bit of a detriment to other leagues in, in, in kind of there when they can have a first class overseas. We, we played with Bridge and they had Tom Bruce playing for them. And the next day he flew off to go play for New Zealand in a T20 competition. <laughs> um, so we proposed that. And I just think that will kind of bring the standard of, of the league up as well. Um, and then the third, the third one, which is a pretty small one, is um, pink balls to be used for the whole of the T20 competition. Um, at the minute, you start with a red ball um, and move to pink balls after sides have coloured kit. But to me, Test cricket's played in whites with a pink ball. So if a side doesn't have have coloured kit, they play in whites. Um, but it just keeping the kind of consistency through the whole competition would, would kind of make sense. Yeah, very interesting. Have you discussed obviously first class overseas with other sort of captains or players within the league? Is that something not really. they're in favour um, as well? It was, it was brought up no. a little bit at the, the spring the spring AGM. Um, it was brought up when when they first announced that the national you were allowed to have a, have an overseas playing now, um, but I haven't I haven't really discussed it, so I kind of wait wait and see. Okay, very interesting. Look forward to hearing the results of that. Uh, before we actually wrap up, we are going to talk about um, some MCCL pre um, ex players okay. who've been performing well against England in the last in the last week or so. Uh, I know Eugene, you've had two of the guys actually play at your club in Jacob Buller and Leo Carter. Um, what's your recollection of those yeah, two guys? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've been quite fortunate in that we've had um, three New Zealand overseas in, in the past couple of years. We had uh, Sean Hicks, who played for Auckland and uh, later the Otago Volts. Um, also, Leo Carter, who was captain of the, the first game um, on when they played against England. And then our latest overseas, Jacob Buller, um, who scored a good uh, 60 against um, England in that first game. Um, you know, not saying that they're the only players that played, because as you say, there was Glenn Phillips and, and Finn Allen from the Bronsbury side. Um, so, yeah, it was great to to see, you know, the talent that we've had within the Middlesex County Cricket League on show in New Zealand. Um, yeah, it'd be good to start seeing some of our homegrown players in the England side. But I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, clubs like Ealing and Northmid and, you know, the, the, the cl- clubs that are sort of leading the way in the youth development will, will make sure that that happens. But, um, yeah, it was great to see those guys playing against England and, I suppose, you know, recollections of Leo, great guy, um, you know, very upfront and, and honest with people. Um, you know, Jacob, again, very quiet, subdued, um, great, great batsman and very good off spinner too. So, yeah, I think Jacob scored about 550 runs for us in 2018 at an average of 45 and, you know, ended up taking something like 25 wickets. I remember in the one game against Hampstead, he scored 135 not out and took five for 38 or something. So you know, it was a, a, a he was a, he was one of those guys that was uh, really up for big uh, big match performances. So yeah, Jacob was a great guy. We still keep in touch, and it was great to see him hit um, Jofra Archer for six. I do wonder what he was thinking the very next ball though. That was uh, that was sure a he was yeah. Christian, do you have any sort of memories of playing against any these any of these guys at all? I remember Jacob last year. I think I. In terms of um, the, the other guys, I've, I've heard a lot about Finn and, and um, Glenn, Glenn um, about how good they were. But I just I think it's a great advert for the league that, that guys can come over here and, and do really well. And it kind of shows how strong our league is that these guys go on to bigger and better things when they get home. Um, and playing against England is, 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 a, is kind of a, a, a fantastic advert for our league, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it just it just shows as you said how strong the MTCO is in terms of you know players we can attract. You know, um, 
and long it may continue, hopefully. Guys, we're going to have to wrap it up now. Christian, thanks very much for coming on this evening. Really enjoyed talking to you and listening to your um, you know, your insights into, into the league and, and how innings run and how, how, how it fares during the season. Thanks very no, much. Thanks for that. having me. Brilliant. Um, and you, Eugene, thanks for producing and, and being on, being on, being on again. And, and we'll be back in, in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully, with another podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, if you've got any questions, please feel free to reach out to the MCCL um, Twitter feed. If you are using the Anchor app, please ask the questions live and we'll get your questions on. So we are looking for a bit more feedback from anybody that's out there listening. Um, and obviously, it would be great if you are on your podcast, if you could um, you know, rate us. Uh, we are trying to get a, a good listenership going and it's working quite well. So, um, yeah, appreciate you guys providing some feedback. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you soon.